Okay, there we go. Okay. Well, light is okay. So I'm recording this because I am going to be at Usenix Fast today, and I don't want to rely on using the hotel Wi-Fi or my phone to talk about this. I do want to talk about um, <clears throat> this is an important one because I'm going to talk about HDF4. We've made some changes, and we're going to make some changes again in the future. So first, let's just look at uh, the release schedule that we got coming up here. So HDF4, we're gonna have a release. Um, that is coming in now, 4.3.0, and then we'll have a 4.4 release that will be in February of next year. Plan to release one release of HDF4 to maintain it for forever, um, at least until the money runs out and we have to turn lights off. Um, let's see here. So, uh, HDF5 has another release coming up here. Uh, we've got the 114.4 release, which will be at the end of March, so about a month from now. And that one will have um, native Float 16 support built into it, um, and probably some cloud optimized HDF5 improvements and a bunch of other <clears throat> minor updates. Then we also have coming up a month after that, we have the uh, HDF View 3.3.2. Um, and I don't really, it's just the maintenance release. We don't really have uh, a whole lot of um, stuff uh, planned for that. It's just going to build HDF view with the latest versions of the libraries. So the thing that I wanted to talk the most about, I'll leave those up just in case I need them, um, is going to be HDF4, right? So let's take a look at what we have in here for the 4.3. So this is, this is a very old library. It's been around since the early 90s, late 80s. Um, but we still maintain it. There's a lot of data out there in HDF4. And so we want to make sure that HDF4 can still be built and <clears throat> and be useful with modern compilers and on modern computers, even though we're not adding new features for to it or really developing it in any other way. And it's it's aged a lot. And so if we remember back to last year when we released, we had the 4216 release, and that was where we made it self-configuring. Because before configuring HDF4, everything was hard-coded about the platform, about how big certain types were and what header files you had. And so if there was a new platform like the Mac ARM, then you were just out of luck until we decided to update and release it. And now it does what HDF5 does. It just it uses CMake and configure to um, determine what you have available and how big things are and all the other stuff. And so build files are significantly smaller than they used to be. So that was what we did last time. And then we did a bunch of other code cleanup and got rid of a bunch of corrupt and stuff like that. So now we're at the 4.3 mark here, right? And so in here, one of the remaining problems that we have is this XDR library, which is ancient. Um, it's from the 80s, I believe, and it did not manage the 32 to 64-bit transition well. And so it it causes a lot of problems and bugs, and it's difficult to, to find it now, even they removed it from libc. So it's just a big problem, and people are we're getting increasing numbers of complaints about not being able to link to find it. Um, so what I did was I, I removed XDR from the configuration options. Instead, what I did was we have we had our own version of XDR that we built. If you didn't have it for places like Windows, and I took that and stripped it down to its core, renamed the functions, and stuck it inside the library, so you no longer need to link to xdr it's it's for as far as you're concerned it's gone and it will not conflict to anything else that uses xdr so um so the the options for that like with hdf4 xdr those are all gone so that's one of the, the improvements that we made to this another one and this is a bigger one 
is we are not deploying the internal header files anymore. Somebody back 30 years ago decided that it would be a good idea to deploy all the header files. And so that makes it almost impossible to fix certain problems in the library. And so um, it just makes the whole thing extraordinarily brittle. And if you touch anything, it breaks binary compatibility. So going forward, the only headers that we are going to deploy are the ones that have the public API as described by the reference manual and the user guide. And I'll talk about exactly what that means in just a minute. Let's let's keep going on some of the, the stuff that's in here. So we got the, the private public split, and we have no more XDR. We've also we've dramatically improved support for new fangled compilers, things like AMD's AOCC, the uh, NVIDIA's NVC, um, Intel's One API. We've we've improved our support for uh, things like Sigwin and MinGW, both with MSYS2 on Windows and on Linux. And so we have we have excellent support for this. And if I go up here and just let's find it, let's look at a pull request. So uh, so in here, right, if we take a look at this one and we go down here and we show all checks, you can see that we have uh, a lot of things that we test, that there's quite a few things that, that we're checking to see still work. And we also, we have in here um, the two most important pieces of software that I know of that use HDF4. We have HDF EOS and then NetCDF. We build that their we build their trunk with um, uh, with with HDF4 on every every check-in to make sure that we don't break that. And even with all the changes that we made in the public-private split, we did not break either of those pieces of software. Uh, although I did break H4 Python, they include an internal header file, so we've notified them. So hopefully they'll update. Um, so yeah, so let's see what else do we have here. Oh yeah, CMake has so versions now that are appropriate. Before we were using like 2.16 point uh, or 4.16.2, which is not what you want to do. Um, you uh, you you are 4.2.16. We don't want to do that, and so um, we've changed it so that the so version I think for is going to be 10.0.0, and then we'll update that appropriately according to the rules. Um, and then that only works for CMake. It won't work for the auto tools until the next time we release next year and with 4.4 because of some problems I'll talk about later. Um, same thing with package config. The package config works with CMake, does not work with auto tools. So sorry about that. Well, it's going to take a little more work before um, we get that in there. There's also there's the um, we, we've cleaned up all the memory sanitizer issues, except for one, which is in a tool I'm hoping will go away in 440 NC Gen. Um, but everything else is clean as far as I can tell. Um, there's much cleanup, removed a lot of warnings. Um, we got rid of the there, it had an option in the build to um, about whether or not large file support was enabled in CMake. That's gone now because we don't need to there's no point in having that um and there there are no more planned 4.2 releases right so if you see this here this is it, it ends now and there's no more um going forward and technically i could click the button and create a 4.2.17 that would have some cmake improvements but not much else and i would do that if people really screamed that they had to have that and were unable to you know not if they were using private stuff from in here, but that would be the end. That would probably be the last one, unless there's a really compelling reason um, going forward. So um, let's take a look at uh, what is 
being removed and, and what is still present. So one of the things that I'm, I'm putting together and it's still happening now, I still have to finish putting the list of symbols in here, which should take an afternoon. But there's this migration guide that I've put. It's in this doc directory. Um, oh, that's distressing. Um, so uh, so what we have in here is it talks about all the changes in, in the library and it talks about there's the headers that we will no longer be deploying. Now, if you are using the public API, you should never have needed any of these things. They're all deep internal stuff. The only one that people would trip over is probably, well, so oh, this is actually wrong. We're still H5, H file. Is, I'm ready to make a note to uh, file.h. That is still, some of the information is in there. We removed some of the content from H file.h, and then there's another one, I think it's, it might be bitvect.h or bit.io. Bit.io is the one. And so um, those I removed everything that was not in the public API in a reference manual or user guide and put that in a private file. And so we just left the stuff that is still public. But the one that most people would trip over, I think, is hdfi.h, which is where we used to have all the information about the machine structure. And that's where you got all the, the weird C99 equivalent types that. Um, that HDF4 uses because if you look in uh, let's let's crack open HDF here and source and then let's just pick any one of these guys here um, and click this open. So if we look in here, you're gonna see a lot of these things that so 816 or in16. So it's not in16 underscore T. It's this equivalent thing that if you now look in HDF.h. I have moved this type system so that it is here, right? It's right at the top, and this is where all these equivalent types are. They're just they're mapped to their um, C99 types. I'll eventually probably just go through and find and replace all of this stuff in the library, but for right now, we're just leaving this because I don't want people to I don't want to change the reference manual and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, so this used to be inside of HDFI, which no longer exists, and so. That had there were, there were two things with that. One is that brought in a lot of this private stuff, and some people directly included it. And another is that it had a lot of things in it that got imported, right? So this HDF underscore prive is what used to be HDFI, and you'll see that it, it brought in a lot of C headers and it brought in a lot of system headers and stuff. And so if you were relying on that instead of including what you use. And, and practicing good header discipline, if you're relying on all this stuff, then you may have to go through and surgery up some of your um, some of your code to add in the appropriate headers where, you know, HDF.h used to pull in HDFI and pull in all this stuff, which is just wildly inappropriate. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, these are things that you wouldn't see anymore. This decode encode mac macros. I mean, if you really need this stuff, you can always snip it out. This is pretty conservative code. It's not going to change very much. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, so that's the the migration guide, which I will add when we go back here and look at this. So if we go down to the bottom here, it says list of headers. These are the things that are no longer being deployed to the library. And then underneath here, I will put in a list of removed functions. It's just a matter of me going through and going through all these five files and sticking the stuff underneath here. And then I will put a list of the removed symbols and types and stuff like that. So you should be able to grep pretty easily through this and see if there's anything that you 
neat. And I'll do it like one per line. So if you really had to, you could snip it out pretty easily and then write a quick script to just kind of grep around and see if your code is affected without even having to compile. But um, yeah, see here, I point out that h file.h and hbit.io, most of it has been moved to a private header file. Now, when I did this, I actually went and I found a, a reference manual from 1999 and used that as well as the most recent one because there's stuff that has been, I wouldn't say deprecated, but people have been advised not to use it from what I understand. Um, some very low level API calls, but those were considered in the public eye and the public API and were written about in the reference manual. And so those are still all there. So the, the public stuff that you would expect, right? If we go look in this, this list of files here, and this is the old single file interface. Um, there's the stuff in here, like there's still df.h, right? So all the the um the the old df functions, right, are, are all still there. Um we have like you know most of the hdf.h and then there's all the stuff that's in this this hproto.h because they just kind of conglomerate all the stuff into one big thing. Um, so this is all the, the public API calls here. These are all still here. I didn't touch any of this stuff. It's all still exactly the same. Um, same thing over on the other side with the MF HDF, because if you're not aware, HDF4 is actually two libraries. There's this one here, which is in this HDF directory, and that builds libdf or libhdf if you have CMake, which is unfortunate. We're going to fix that. Um, and then MFDF, which makes lib MFHDF. Um, and that's the same in both CMake and, uh, and this is the multi-file uh, interface. And so it's the same in both CMake and the all tools, but this is structured similarly where there were, there were fewer, that one's in lib source, not just source for some reason. Um, but in here, there were fewer private header files. Most of this stuff was in um, the, uh, the MFHDF header file. So, um, so that's that's the header file thing. I, I hope that that does not affect too many people, but without getting rid of that, there's just a bunch of weird things that just they drive me bananas and I, I literally can't fix them because I would have to stop deploying stuff. I didn't want to break binary compatibility every time we have a release when I decide I'm going to fix a thing because I'm just feeling antsy. And so I want HDF4 to kind of slowly turn into a nice piece of code as opposed to the kind of the mess that it that is now. So um, the next thing, let me see here if I got anything else that's on this that's exciting to talk about. Got the migration guide, compiler support, all tool stuff. Okay, so that leads me to, and if you have problems with this, if you think that this is going to cause you an enormous amount of trouble, I've asked around and I have not heard from anybody who thought that this was going to be a huge problem. So if it is a huge problem, I mean it's a little late now. I'm sorry. It's like we're going to release in, and I, I did point this out on like the forum and stuff and that talks multiple times. So hopefully you would have talked to me by now. But if this is causing you problems, then let me know and we'll see what we can do about maybe getting like a 4.2.17 or supporting 4.2 longer or whatnot. But I, I want the older versions to kind of basically die a quick death because I don't want to have to support them for forever. Um, critical security stuff, yeah. I mean, the quality of the code in HDF4 is not super great. So, I mean, I'm not going to like race to, unless there's a very exploitable security flaw, I'm not going to like be super excited to like push security patches or even like anything that back. I'll just tell people like, look, if it's that important, upgrade to 4.3. So 4.4, right? So there's still problems in 
HDF4 that are kind of structural. And my, my plan has always been when I came in and as the director of engineering and wanted to kind of make sure that HDF4 was maintainable for the long haul, right? Like, and because everybody who used to work in HDF4 has slowly trickled away from the company to where we've got like one person left who, you know, was one of the original people who worked on this. And she even wasn't one of the original people who worked on it. She was kind of somebody who came in when it was almost in, I think when it was already in maintenance mode. So I want to make sure that we get this into a sane form now so that I can ask questions while we still have institutional memory. And so, you know, we did the multi, we did the, the self-configuring thing last time. That was super important because there are a lot of new platforms coming out where you couldn't even build HDF4 anymore. This one, we cleaned up a bunch of stuff and made changes that allow us to make that make it more, uh, that work, make it work across a wider variety of platforms. And we're, we're now capable of moving more stuff around because the public interface is, is set in stone now. Um, and then now going forward, what I want to do in this next year, and you know, and this this is, sounds like a lot of work, but so far all of this stuff that I've done has not been crazy, right? It's been stuff that I've been able to do in like a weekend, um, not a, not a lot of work. But so the stuff that I want to do in four four zero is one of the problems that we have is that the Fortran code is in the same directory as the C code, and that causes the auto tools to always try to build and it's all kind of smashed together. And so they want, want to use the Fortran linker. And so this this interferes with is that we have a hack that works around it, but it, it interferes with doing things like providing a so version or custom libtool targets or just any of that stuff that you need to like actually maintain a library well. So uh, and also, I mean, Fortran 77, come on, it's really old. We really want to be able to support modern Fortran and not have this um, this goofy old interface around that just that interferes with doing a lot of reorg and the, the build stuff. Because what I want to do is to make the build system in HDF4 look like HDF5 so that I can continually pull down changes from HDF5. That's where the real effort is being is taking place. And I want to be able to trivially move all the, the build system changes down into HDF4 so that HDF4 is just kind of easily maintainable that every year you know, we, we bring in all the changes, we click the button, and now HDF4 will support whatever fancy new compilers and platforms exist. Um, so, so that would be really nice to, to do. And so, so I want to get rid of the Fortran 77 support and turn into Fortran 90. I don't think it's going to be that much work. I do want to look at trying to pull the libraries together. We have this problem where the CMake and the auto tools build differently named single file libraries, which is unfortunate. So I'm going to make somebody angry. So my opinion is, why don't I just make everybody angry and decide that in 4.4, there's just going to be libhdf4, and it's going to be one single thing with all the source code in one directory and not this weird split thing that is hard to reason about and just strange. One of the other things, but that, that thing, I, I'm aware that that's going to cause people potentially pain. And I'm going to have to talk to a lot of people who use HDF4. And so we'll see how that goes. So that may not happen. Maybe I'll still keep the two libraries. Somebody's going to be sad because I'm going to have to change one of the names. I don't want to have to do symlink hacks and stuff like that. And that's not going to, well, I guess you don't really build stuff on uh, HDF4 on Windows with, uh, with anything but CMake. But one of the other things I want to get rid of is under the hood of the multi-file interface, there is a netcdf 2.3.2 API and some tools. There's ncdump and ncgen. And these are A, really, really old, and B, really, really low quality because they're written, they were like 
written 30 years ago with 30-year-old ideas about what C code looks like. And so today, like modern sanitizers and stuff find these behavior horrifying, right? So we, I want to fix a lot of this stuff, get rid of this creaky old code that's hard to maintain, that isn't even current, that doesn't even track what, what they've been doing over in that CDFC, which is significantly changed from, from you know in 30 years. So what I, I mean, the, the newer NetCDF is HDF5 based, of course, but you can still look at old files and, and deal with them and stuff in NetCDFC, the old NetCDF3 classic interface. And so I want to get rid of this interface that, I mean, HDF4 uses a bunch of NetCDF under the hood to do stuff, and that'll remain, of course, but I want to get rid of the public API so you would no longer be able to write like a NetCDF2 program and link it against this library. If you want a NetCDF API, my opinion is go get it from the NetCDF guys. Like that's the that's the best place to get that API from. And then these tools, because people do not enjoy when they link against this stuff. And it turns out that they built the library without the name mangling. And they want to link to NetCDF and to HDF4 because they've got something like GDAL, I guess, which uses a bunch of things under the hood. And it's just, it's annoying. It's just, it gets in people's way. And so I want to just get rid of it and not support it anymore. So um, that's the thing that I'm pretty sure is going to happen unless somebody can talk me out of it. Um, and again, my opinion of this stuff is I don't want to support freaky old crap forever for, you know, and if you really want to stay with, if you don't want to touch your code, I'm trying to leave these versions like 4.216 and 4.3.0 in really good shape. So that you know, if, if people really are unwilling to change their code or unable to, that's fine. Link to those versions of the library forever and ever and ever. They'll always be there. The binaries aren't going nowhere. You can always regenerate them if you want, right? They're self-configuring. They should work for the most part going forward with minimal tweaking. So, so anyway, so I'm up to I think 25 minutes now, and so um, I'm gonna let it go for people to chit chat for like five minutes. Um, I, I am unfortunately not going to be watching this because I'll be in the middle of, I believe, a keynote presentation. But if you have questions, you can email me, derobbins at hdfgroup.org. You can um, hassle us on the forum. You can show up and uh, there's discussion pages in HDF4. You can talk like up here at the top, right? There's this discussion under here and we have stuff in here, right? Like, so there is, um, Stuff in here like the Fortran 95, the the dropping the NetCDF 2.3. So if you have strong opinions on anything that is coming down the road, then you should you should talk to us. And I'll be at ESIP this year. So if you're a NASA person um, and you want to come talk to me there, I usually go to AGU now. So if people want to talk to me at AGU, that's that's often in my backyard here in the Bay Area. Um, so there's many venues. I come to one of these. These call the doctors, right? I'm I'm usually at them. So um, many ways to talk to us. And so I, with that, I will, uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn off the, uh, stop my sharing here and I will uh, turn off the recording and I will see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Okay, so with that, that's our recorded for presentation from Dana. Is there anyone in the live that has any questions? Okay, well, thank you everyone. And we'll be back again next week with more content.